Capitalism turns men and women into economic cannibals, and having done so, mistakes economic cannibalism for human nature. Quote by Edward Hyman. I'm Chelsea Byers. Sacagawea Hall, welcome to Troublemakers, the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It's, it's cool to, to be a part of a troublemaking <laughs> podcast, <laughs> <laughs> troublemaking media. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we are here to talk about trouble, but we're also here to talk about alternatives to the dominant systems. And particularly this conversation is framed around solidarity economics, uh, which you have some experience with um, in practice and theory. Um, so I'm eager to pick your brain about it. Uh, where can we begin? Um, I mean, I guess... First, I would like to share that um, uh, I started digging in and studying and actually experimenting and practicing with um, our idea of developing and building and harnessing um, the resources within Cooperation Jackson. Um, and so I'm a co-founder of Cooperation Jackson that's based in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and that is where... Um, my like my practice um, and my thinking comes out of okay yeah and you know there's um um I guess maybe there are slight differences and variances but you know I I more and more like to um embrace and use not only solidarity economy but a feminist economy and a, a caring economy and. Um, you know, like we're really trying to dig in deep and think about like um, eco-socialism um, and, you know, take into consideration like the importance and the need of developing um, an alternative economy that's not, you know, one based on extraction and repression um, like capitalism is, but then also just like very rooted and based in um, uh a sound ecological um, practice and you know we have to not only like take care of mother earth but we have to start doing things that actually help to repair um, so yeah so those are like the framework that um, been doing for nine going on ten years mm. Hey, this is Chelsea jumping in with a quick break from this interview just to give you a little context and background out of the beautiful Trouble Toolbox from contributor Jeffrey Weber. The cause of the economic crisis that began in 2008 is not inadequate regulation of the market, but runs far deeper. The global slump we are living through still today is the predictable manifestation of a crisis-prone economic system rooted in production for profit rather than human need. That economic system is called capitalism, and for the sake of human development and ecological sanity, it needs to be overthrown. But to be overthrown, it must first be understood. Capitalism is an economic system in which almost anything we need or want must be bought on the market, and in which most of us have nothing to sell but our labor. Capitalism is not a thing, but a social relation between capital and labor that divides humanity into two principal social classes, the capitalist class, or bourgeoisie, which owns the means of production, and the working class, or proletariat, which does not have access to the means of production and therefore must sell its own labor power, 
or their ability to work. In this episode, our guest, Sacagawea Hall, discusses an alternative to this system, or a solution, if you will. Solidarity economics is that solution, and it's defined in the Beautiful Trouble Toolbox this way. A tradition of radical economic organizing emerging from Latin America that strives to replace dependence on exploitative economic relations through solidarity chains, linking community-based alternatives. Our guest in this episode will describe this theory and share more about her experience within the solidarity economy and what promises may lie within this framework. I hope you'll keep listening. So tell us a bit about the history of um, Cooperation Jackson, both as the project that it is and the sort of a political theory. Where does it come from historically? Because um, it seems like there's a lot of inspiration from the past. Yeah, um, um, you know, Cooperation Jackson comes out of like the start of an institution um, that's a part of the strategy outlined in the Jackson Kush plan that came from the Malcolm X Garcia's movement and the New African People's Organization. Um, and so, um, you know, the those of us that come out of that organization who helped to launch Cooperation Jackson, um, you know, are a part of a continuing line of um, revolutionary black uh, liberation uh, theory people. <laughs> um, and so we come out of, you know, and stand on top of the shoulders of like radical black movements in the United States. Um, and so, you know, the ideas of um, self-determination and liberation and um, human rights and dignity um, um, are all things that you know, we've been struggling um, for in the United States since the very beginning of having been brought there. Um, and, you know, in most ways, our people, the majority of black people, majority of working poor black people um, still need to get there and still need to realize that. Um, and so we think that, um, you know, um, one of the important ways um, that we would be able to um, is through developing, um, enriching, looking at uh, previous practices um, in terms of like what our communities did because there was nothing else to provide, you know, provided for them. Um, and the type of practices that we had out of like the shared necessity of um, survival and and those were you know heavily based on cooperation and collectivism um, and participation um, and so you know a, a number of people you know towards the middle to end I guess of what you could call the civil rights movement I, I don't know if there's ever like an end um, but that time period, you know, there's a, a real realization that we're fighting for these civil rights, um, right, and like political and civil, um, but that that has a limit when you don't own, control, um, 
have any say or any um, ability to um, put food on the table, um, decide what food you're growing and consuming, and um, all those things can, you know, be taken from you or actually continuously or withheld from you. And so um, at different points, you know, we've had folks say it's about economics, it's about economics, it's about economics, and Coming here um, and being um, a part of the activists and residents um, and looking at the failures of um, previous uh, revolutions and the shortcomings of the independence has just really, again, made me think on um, a, a larger level. So not only for Africans in the United States, but like Africans worldwide and particularly on the continent, it's like that we um i think we have to put a lot more emphasis and effort into um what type of economies we can have and what are the steps that we can take in order to supplant um the current economic model and system and i think that like you know for us a lot of it also has to do with like um, thinking about crisis management or like how to defend ourselves and how to defend our communities um, when crisis happens. Um, and, you know, there's like political crisis and then there's like um, natural disasters. And um, so part of it, I think, is also, I mean, there, so there's different layers to it, right? So it's like a layer of like how do we prepare ourselves for those things happening? Um, because what we see time and time again is that, um, like, we're, we're left to fend for ourselves, um, black people and other poor working class um, people and communities and nations are left to fend for themselves. And so how do we begin to have some kind of, like, production and um, local economy so that we can withstand that type of um, crisis. Um, but then also it's like, you know, wanting to, wanting to see an end to capitalism and, and, and what, what would take its place. Um, and I, I think I was, um, we were talking with the group and I guess I was maybe having somewhat of a pessimistic moment um, but then I real, you know, but then I thought about it and I guess kind of shifted my thinking a little bit, a little bit. Um, and it's like, it's hard to see all the way down to the end where it's like, okay, we, we, you know, we could have a more participatory solidarity, um, <clears throat> like reach economic democracy type of thing. Um, but, you know, I think for me, um, as I'm getting older, um, I think it's, it's just as important to be able to lay the groundwork. And I, I think that I hope, even with the failures that we've had and the kind of like ebbs and flows in the work, I think that like, if we're not um, laying down 
some foundation and having some success and having um, alternative models be um, productive, successful, visible, um, you know, then when shit really does hit the fan, like we won't be starting from scratch. <laughs> There'll be something, you know, that um, people can plug into and that we can, um, you know, grow and 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 that's there to like to meet the to meet the need at that time um so it's just kind of like a thinking of like you know um it doesn't have to be like I don't have to be um there for like its completion <laughs> um or even like well, I, I don't think I'm going to be there for the completion. I, I mean, I, I think I've once I've gotten in, I realized, like, okay, it's like a protracted struggle, and this is, like, for, like, not even necessarily my kids, but, like, my, like, two or three generations down the line. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, hopefully it's not that far away. But, um, but, yeah, I think being here just made me think about that um, – a little bit more because you know I'm I'm starting was getting in a place where I'm starting to feel like need to see more um need to see more success need to see more of the end game need to see more of the like um things that we know once our community like uh can have like once it can have an impact on their material like um needs right then I think it's kind of a no-brainer for people to to shift into being like this is this is a better this is a better way than this um but yeah so I um when we talked about cooperation Jackson's work it was cool that stories of um you know almost everyone had something that was in their neighborhood or that was kind of like cultural, um, you know, it was like stories from Sudan and stories from Kenya um, where we remember or still see a little bit of people pooling their resources together in order to be able, you know, in order to collectively like attain something, even if it's for that one individual. Um, And so I shared that like, um, you know, just the simple act of like having a loved one die and having to bury them um, was something that people couldn't do on their own. And so they had to create these clubs um, where, you know, everybody put in money and that collective money would be there for when, when someone needed to bury their relative, their loved one. Um, And so, um, so yeah, so I think it was exciting to see, People here be excited about what um, that means and what that can mean, and and like, um, and having like a true, fully realized independence <laughs> in Africa, yeah. um, and it's like, I still was kind of pushing to say like, um, there are small things that can be done even now. Um, so you know, our hope is that we are able to shift from foundation funding to having cooperatives um, fund 
and the, the, the like political work, right? Um, and so I was just like, what would it look like even for, say, Moonby with the women um, that she's working with um, who have been displaced and have a need for land and have a need for housing? Like, what would it look like for them to even, like, incorporate um, some type of business that could help support, um, like, shift what it is and what they're having to do now or even just kind of, like, be an additional layer to it um and to like think of it even as like a business model where it could potentially help them expand so that when something like that ha happens to others that they have um space to be able to absorb more people yeah so just um trying to think of all the different ways our um our movements can can use it as like funding ourselves, but also, um, uh, you know, employing and providing um, income for our people. Um, and then even the act of like democratically managing a company with like with a group of people, um, we see as being something that can be a catalyst to people wanting to take more agency and in the you know in their political sphere as well saki there's something about this connection between economics and land that seems universal mm -hmm. um as a millennial though i feel very estranged from it i've never been raised with a worldview that you know land is essential to your survival and your well-being uh, for yourself and your community. Um, it's something that I've had to kind of like um, learn mm -hmm. um, in adulthood, um, deliberately, very deliberately. Um, but I don't think that's been the case for most humans over our, our history on this planet. Um, and I wonder what kind of uh, principles you've um, come across that seem kind of universal because you've shared... Um, about um, your experiences here in East Africa and South Africa. Uh, Jackson as a place has a particular history and there's a reason why you're there. Um, so I'm really interested. I don't, I don't have a more specific question than that, but um, this relationship between land and economics, what is it that, um, that you see kind of like cuts across uh, these different contexts? Hmm. Um... Well, I mean, I think that, like, well, first, um, both things have 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 been, like, taken and denied, right? So, like, land um, was occupied and taken, um, you know, the very um, uh, ability to provide for yourself um, has been taken. Um, and so um, I think that those, those two things <laughs> clearly were important in order to like, um, in order to 
make people and communities and whole nations vulnerable and susceptible and actually at the mercy of, um, uh, you know, the colonists or oppressors or um, whatever you want to call them in different points of history and time. And so, you know, I think that, like, uh, one's ability to uh, have a place and a space to live and to work um, and your ability to um, be able to feed and clothe yourselves are very, like, you know, at the root of being able to have the self-determination to live, right? So, um, and through the different process of, like, slavery and colonialism and neocolonialism, um, you know, that the, the, um, I don't, we, we can't say that we've actually, um, been able to reclaim our, our land in a way where we actually have a say over, um, what it's used for, you know, um, and, and I, I think that, um, you know, I use the quote that where Malcolm is saying that land is the basis of like um, self-determination and freedom. Um, but I think that, le- that, you know, I think that land plays not only the role in like us being able to like have a house and have a place to sleep, but it's how people made use of the land in order to feed themselves, in order to, um, you know, get natural resources to build something, to sell it, to trade it. Um, And so, um, you know, being able to have a say um, about your labor, um, um, I think is like all those things are, are, are connected. And so how do we, um, you know, so like to me, the root of ending uh, any an inequitable um, system that relies on um, you not having <laughs> uh, the stewardship or ownership of anything really um, is to be able to... Um, um, to shift and and have that, and for you know us, it's um, human um, and equitable for that to be done in a way where it's like collective, um, and we're collectively determining and deciding, you know, those things, um, and so, you know, um, I'm trying to think of like. Um, a concrete example of, you know, so that's, that's also the balance for us. It's like, there's such a need for housing and there's such a need for affordable housing, um, that like the development and acquiring land, you know, long-term we want to be able to like build housing, but then there's also, um, the need 
for fresh food and access to like produce. Um, and so, you know, when we're looking and thinking about like the land use that we want to see um, in West Jackson on the Fannie Lou Hamer Community Land Trust, um, we're, we're having to think about it, um, you know, in, in a very broad, holistic way. So it, it can't only be housing. Um, it can't only be urban farming. Um, but it has to be like something that we're getting together to say, like, what is it that we need? What is it that we don't have? What is it that we need more of? Um, and determine those things together, you know? So like um, in the United States, the focus when you, people talk about community land trust is really around housing. But for us, it's also like being able to have commercial space that's affordable um, so that our, um, whether it's a co-op or uh, independent black business um, has a space that's, um, that's affordable um, and helps them <laughs> sustain their business. Um, you know, like communal, cultural spaces, play spaces, all those different things um, um, is a part of that. And when you don't, when you um, have to go to someone else to ask what and how you can do these things, then, then you're limited, right? Um, and then even how you make use of your space um, in place in order to um, create uh, an income for yourself. Um, is limited and so yeah um the the idea of like collectivity the idea of um democratically participating in cooperation those things are are both i think within um within land as much as it is over here within like an economy um yeah does that answer yeah. <laughs> if you could give you know i mean you've shared how entering into these uh new economies creating them uh from scratch or sometimes sort of in the shell of the dominant economy um all these things are really complex they take mm -hmm. a lot of time they take a lot of cooperation uh, which also takes a lot of energy you have your maybe your family life or your personal life um there's so much to balance it's not um, it seems to me like it's not something that you would just wake up one day and you're like, I think we're going to do some, you know, solidarity. <laughs> um, if, you know, if anybody listening is considering um, really engaging in um, some worthwhile experiment of solidarity economics, what is one like in one sentence, you know, <laughs> what, what's like that one main piece of advice or um, or reflection that you would offer them? Yeah. Well, before that, let me say that, like, for us... Oh, and... Like, and sorry. Oh. I do got to go in, like, oh, okay. uh, three minutes, so that's okay. why I was asking. Yeah, so before that, minutes. I, I, I want to emphasize that, like, we see this as, like, a political project, right? So um, it's, we're not in a vacuum. We're not trying to create some, like utopia or some like space where we have cooperative economics and there's a solidarity economy and we're, you know, realizing and, uh, yeah. Um, and within a bubble of like a world. Right. And so like this in our space is about, um, doing it, learning from others, sharing with others, connecting with others and having it be a ripple effect. Um, and, 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 
and break the current economy and the political system. Um, and so it's, it's very political for us. Um, I think that like patience is really important. Um, and um, also like a group being with a group of people, um, building relationships and trust with a group of people um, in order and like using that as a basis of moving a project forward, um, I think is, is really critical but um, being willing to make mistakes um, and realizing that it, it does require sacrifice um, are major things that I've experienced. And, um, and yeah, so I've, I've been stretched in a whole lot of ways, um, making sacrifices, having to be patient, um, and maybe even defining what is success a little differently than what we've been taught. Thank you for that. Yeah. And thanks so much for your time too, Saki. Um, really appreciate it.